11 o'clock comics episode 217 wow it's crisp it's so fresh and so clean it's nice and cool out too oh, oh goodness it's in, it's in like the, the high 50s right now, and mm-hmm. it's kind of chilling out. It's, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous weather. Just not going to Vegas. Take no mind to the radioactivity. Vegas. Vegas, When are you going to Vegas? What's that? Where are you going? I'm going next week. Oh, man. Are you going to miss him next week? Is it football, guys? No, no, no. no just for the weekend. I'll, I'll, it won't affect the show. Nice. Um, are, so are we going in, in, in September? I'm hoping so. No. I don't know. You don't know yet? I'm leaning against it, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm going to Vegas next week, and I just, uh, and I'm going to California for a wedding in October, so got to fit a, a family, right. a trip with the boys in there, too. I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not looking like it's it. It's tight. Okay. okay. Yeah, my, my only concern is, is it, it's a weekend when I think it's still a blackout period at work. So I, I, I mean, I mean, I can always say, listen, I'm, I gotta go to Vegas. I mean, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's my last to this week. <laughs> it's what? It's my last two uh, vacation days of the year, and I'm taking them. Damn it, I'm going. Well, that's cute that you have. Use them or lose them. Yeah, yeah, it's we can only carry two weeks over. Two? It's cute that you guys yeah. have a certain number of days you get to take. Oh, look yep. at you! <laughs> yeah, look at you, <laughs> like a boss. <laughs> with a W. With a W. Bows. Fifteen a year, sir. Fifteen? Fifteen yeah. days? That's including sick. Yeah. Are you oh, kidding me? That's weak. That's not much at all. No, that's... it isn't. That's two fucking weeks, dude. Yep. Wow. Fifteen personal and or sick. Wow. Okay. Shit. What do you get? Uh, Eleven weeks? Uh, uh, as I want. Six. Damn, that's a lot. Damn. Damn. I've been there a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's, that's a that's party and shit. So. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey. What it is. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 217, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are. And, uh, and I'm, I'm Christopher Neesman. Feels good to be back. Again. 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 You must yeah. be Australian, you know, like them boomerang I, I, things. It's, I actually was looking forward to this today. All day, I was like, I can't wait to talk to my boys. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So who are you talking to after we hang up? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, snap. That's, oh, snap. Uh, and, that's, and that's Chris, and I'm, I'm David, and, and now we're going to go to... Uh, well, hi, hi, David. Good to, good to talk to you again. Uh, I'm, <laughs> Why is it uh, so I'm... damn formal? All right. How are you, sir? Well, I'm, I mean, because I'm good DJ day to you. Jeff. Oh! You're who? Because... DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, I know him. Uh, yes, if I finally know him. Uh, no, you're not DJ Jazzy Jeff, and you're not the French Fresh Prince either. French, French, French Prince, Prince, which that's very applicable to what I'm going to talk about, the French Prince. You are Jason Wood, everybody. What? And this episode of Lone O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Remember that URL, that URL, because that's going to take you to gigantic savings i'm not lying 35 to 75 percent off your favorite funny books and other comic related brick and brack hell anything in the previews is fair game they'll deliver it right to your door wrapped up real nice and tight and 
if you are a first-time DCBS customer, you can get an extra 8% off already disgusting discounts. So, David, what's the code they slide in the slot when they want to get an extra that, eight? That, that little that, that code in that slot? Yes. E-O-C and the number eight. E-O-C-8. Remember that. It's very important. It gets yeah. you an extra 8% off. So when you figure you're, you're talking anywhere between 45 percent off and up if you order the mainstream stuff 40 45 percent off add another eight percent on that yow do the math it's crazy dcbservice.com and you know we 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 very rarely uh mention the the sister um um store it's it's all the same store um because i i kind of stopped pre-ordering a lot of comics but i've been catching up on stuff especially uh some of the new 52 stuff and i use uh in stock trades which if you don't want to do the whole pre-ordering and kind of subscription style you just want to you want to order your stuff and and get it shipped to you uh in stock trades.com is the the sister uh, yeah. business and that I've been using that uh, quite a bit lately and they're, they're I w- awesome I would tell you the month's um, specials but I didn't get the list <laughs> have you on the list yet? <gasps> no I, I didn't Our get the neither the Excel spreadsheet nor the, the list of uh, spotlight special I didn't get anything this month so really? I'm, wing- I'm winging it yeah I mean I did okay. my order I saw what what they all were but um, well let's see here I could probably uh, I have the spreadsheet here hold on a second what I do know is the before Watchmen is not bundled this month. So no, if, you, I know. if you didn't get it on the first two months, you're SOL. Did you uh, did you pick up um, um, Spectre today? I did not double dip on that one. I already ordered it. I already pre-ordered that in the it's bundle. Right. So yeah, I I I picked it up and read it. It's pretty. And, uh, it's real. Yeah, Amanda. You know, I've never been the biggest Amanda Connor fan in the world. Oh, wow. But, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's you know she's fine. I've never been like, oh, the new Amanda Connor comic is out. Uh, really nice, really nice. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's Darwin Cook writing Amanda Connor art, and I enjoyed. It, it was uh, a very. Uh, it, it's it's a teen comic book. It it reminded me of like the Waiting Place, and you know like other teen comics. It's it's Silk Spectre as uh, in her teen years as a as a high schooler and dealing with her you know effed up family situation and uh, a boy that she is he really likes. So yeah, it was like a really it was a very Dawson Creek <laughs> issue of of before. Before Watchmen, uh, huh. I liked it. I noticed she didn't deviate from the Gibbons nine-panel grid, which was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Cook very much deviated from that in the in the Minuteman number one, and uh, this keeps more along the lines Spare of. Hmm? I think he. I think he. He, I, I don't want to say stayed true to it, but he he based and then expanded off. It. He played yeah. around with that. She has a couple two-panel. Mm-hmm. Spreads in within the nine panel grid, but for the most part, she kind of sticks to the format, yeah. which is which is cool. And the drawing is just beautiful, gorgeous yeah, stuff. Yeah, really nice, really. Nice. It's a uh, yeah, just a, a really good teen drama uh, issue, which I thought was uh, uh, was was really interesting, uh, interesting way to go about it. So yeah, can't wait yeah. to read the so, damn thing. So, it's it's good. So the biggest the biggest deal this month on sale is. The long-awaited, much-anticipated Fear Agent oversized hardcover right. collection, fifty yes. percent off. That's crazy. Nine ninety-nine, fifty percent off, twenty-four ninety-nine. Oh wow, that's yes, nice. sir. 
That's you sweet. got uh, the Mr. Stoko drawing Godzilla. Godzilla right. Half Century War, number one, 50% off. $1.99. You've got a little... Um, this would be up uh, Vince's alley. You have uh, Love and Rockets Companion, 30 Years and Counting. Ordered. Oh, Twenty-four nice. ninety-nine, half off. Twelve forty-nine. Yep. In in hoping that Valiant breaks their streak, you've got Archer and Armstrong number Please. one, fifty percent off. Dollar ninety-nine. I like carbon. Begging you, I'm begging you. That makes one. You of know, us. I was so I like excited it. for those books. I have almost no interest at all now. Sing I just, it. I just don't. I don't know. Was, that first issue of XO just ruined me for some reason. Yeah. Mm. One I'm looking forward to, the collected edition of Peter Panzerfaust. Read the first issue, liked it very much. Yes. Uh, which is uh, half off for seven forty nine. Also, the collection of Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Manhattan Projects, 50% off, seven forty nine. The return of the fantastic Iron Fist uh, duo of Mr. Matt Fraction and Mr. David Aja are back with uh, David's favorite character, Hawkeye number one. Yes! 50% off, $1.49. Rock. <laughs> that's that's cool. That That's enough. That's it's more good, than. It's if that's not a hook to reel you in, then, you know. Well, you I don't, know what, to, I don't know what to say. You left on a high note. You ended with Hawkeye. Oh, they're, all, they're all high notes. Oh. All right. Drink roll so, call? Yes. All I want right. to go foist. Uh, Vince, why don't you go? Oh boy, I am drinking the Peppy Mac. Peppy oh, Mac. the Peppy Mac is back. It's nice. Um, does it. What? Vince drinks Peppy Mac. <laughs> Woodrow. Chris Pick us up. Christo. Pick us up. Uh, I am drinking, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a member of uh, the, the Smoke Rise Fishing Club, as I think you guys know. Smoke and, Rise? Uh, Smoke Rise, where I live. Oh, okay. And where we live on our beach, we, we can't have bottles. So uh, I went and bought some cans. Red Solo Cup. Oh, Red Solo Cup, I drink you up. Uh, no, I'm drinking a, uh, several cans of Yingling traditional lager. Nice. The first time, I think, in my 20-plus years of drinking Yingling that I've drank it out of a can. So No different. You know, cans are starting to be... Uh, cans for for beer are kind of like the twist off cap for it's the new for box wine. wine. It's uh it's 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 gaining some acceptance again, and there are a lot of craft brewers that are actually switching to cans because it's cheaper and because it's better for the beer because it's not affected by light, right. which is why most bottles are you know the um, the smoke brown or the or the green is to um, is to lessen the the UV. Uh, penetration, uh, which affects the beer. So a lot. I know I was going to use children. Uh, so yeah, you're seeing a lot of. I was actually drinking uh, from Scott. Scott Brewery does almost all of their stuff in cans, and I was drinking uh, one of their Modus Hopperendi IPAs the other Hilarious day. Hilarious so. Modus Hopperendi. That's it's cute. So good. <laughs> it's really. It's one of my favorite IPAs. Uh, that is funny. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Uh, don't be afraid of of beer. Uh, Uh, David, how about you? Classy out the gate. Uh, I am finishing up some Heine. I'm having a Heineken light, but after that, I have some uh, Makers 46 waiting for me. Damn. Brilliant. I'm kind of doing I'm out of wine, man. It's bumming me out. Don't you have to be at your best tomorrow? Yeah, that's why it's the Makers. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm kind of... Right in there, right with uh, David and, and Double Fist, and you guys know that I'm I'm on the the, the primal yes, the paleo 
Yeah, yeah the paleo diet. So, um, so regular beer is kind of frowned upon. So I picked up from Dog Dogfish Head, which is one of my favorite brewers. Their Tweezer Nail, which is obviously an ale, and it is a gluten-free beer. And it is uh, uh, it's a sorghum-based ale brewed with uh, strawberries and buckwheat honey. So it's it's a little different than uh, than your traditional beers. Let me have a little sip here. Gluten tog. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's um, um, if you're not able to drink beer, or if you have a if you love beer and have a wheat allergy, uh, because it's it's gluten free. Uh, I can see you you uh, kind of maybe gravit gravitating towards this gluteny uh, gluteny e farnsworth yeah uh, you know i uh marta and i split one of these last night and we agreed that it, it was nice if you're hankering for a beer and you can't have it uh we would both prefer a uh you know glass of red wine but um it's 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 a it's a decent summer beer uh i'm not going to go out of my way to to order it again so i backed it up with uh some of the andy tom uh jim beam so cool Talk about them dare comics. Dorgan beer. What up? Nice. What is, what, what is, what is them comics? What are we? Let me jump in first, because then Chris could ride my back a little bit. Ooh. Uh, ride in the back. It sounds naughty. It's like a Sandusky testimony. <laughs> nice. Oh that's, too, oh, that's inappropriate. How about all the people that stood up for him? They must feel like assholes now. <laughs> Who stood up for him? That's, that's, that's all right. Way back in the beginning, there were people fronting for him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, all those dumbass Penn State kids. You mean yeah. the kids, some of the teachers, other very. So, so do you think Penn State is going to be like Kent State, where like Kent State is still known for the shootings that that you don't Penn forget State, about this? Yeah, I mean th th this is going to be a stain on that university for what thirty, forty years. Yep. yep. Well. Do do the right thing. You don't have to worry about shit like this. Yeah, it's a, it's a little it different just because it's a. It's a major state university, so I mean, kids aren't going to not go there because it's a place where they can go and get a, a good education for inexpensive. So yeah, I mean, that it's not a private school, so it's going to. But yeah, it's going to. It'll be interesting to see if it it affects their uh, how long how long it affects their their football program. Right. Um, well, I mean, you may notice I'm a little bit on the somber side. Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason for that because uh, the book I experience this weekend is not a fun read oh i know exactly what you're talking about and uh you know there's 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 really no bright light at the end of this tunnel but i have to say it, it it's a work that needs to be read are you if, reading sonic again no if for nothing else but to heed its warnings and learn now this little uh piece right here is brought to you by mr frankie de jesus a.k.a. Frankie the Dildonator, who sent me this book. He knew I did not... Yes, he knew I did not have it. Sent it off to me. Uh, it is uh, Jacques Tardy's It Was the War of the Trenches. How did you not have this already? I, this is one I, I forgot to order it for some reason. Huh. I, I don't know why. I didn't have it. And he's like, dude, I got one. You want it? I said, yeah, yeah. So he sent it off to me. And I could read nothing else um, in my free time this weekend. It it is completely engrossing, but it's not a fun read. It's yeah, it's not a feel good story. No, <laughs> um, 
it's also not an extended narrative. It, it, it's more along the lines of um, like a buckshot blast of little vignettes, right? Uh, where Tardy employs the human element to illustrate the horrors, right? And ultimately, the pointlessness of war. I mean, if I sat down with Tardy and, and rapped with the man about, uh, you know, war and his opinions of such, we would probably meet head-to-head. We'd probably agree, because after consuming this book, he, well, I'll tell you about it, right? Uh, characters expire almost as quickly as they're introduced. Here one page, gone the next. Uh, their suffering is splayed across these uh, the deep man-made scars dug into the earth, the trenches the, of the title. It was the War of the Trenches because almost all of these stories emerge from these, these foxhole-like rivets dug into the earth is where the men seek shelter but in a lot of cases these these uh trenches become their graves too um it's world war one which was yes. a war of, of trench warfare in in europe and that's, that's how that war primarily was was fought and yeah. uh it, and it's as you would expect, right? It's mostly from the French perspective because Tardy sure. is French, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's like the, the landscape is this hellish checks mix of you got crumbling buildings and snaking barbed wire and fat scavengers of of human flesh and these roaring weapons and bloated broken decaying and dying human detritus because that's what humanity is in this situation according to tardy nothing but detritus it's the stuff of nightmares it really is and and all of it is inspired by a tale told to a young jacques tardy by his grandfather who was one of the lucky ones that made it out of the war but um not completely unscathed chris do you remember the story that tardy's grandfather told him no he was in a situation where he had to hunker down and uh, dig into the earth because, uh, you know, the battle's raging all around him and he's digging in and he feels he feels this this moistness, this this wetness that he's plunging his arms yeah. into. And he's thinking, OK, yeah. I'm, I'm in the mud. I'm stuck in the mud. It no. turns out he was buried almost shoulder deep into a corpse. Yeah, and he's and he he stayed there for a long time, and and this this story made such an impression on Tardy that he invested, however long it took him to do these and other stories, uh, into uh, detailing the the uh, senselessness of war and, and and the true price. Well, what what do these battles cost? Well, what well, is the price we we have to pay for this? And um. I- I mean, we 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 all look a lot at, at World War Two because it's probably closer to our generation. But mm-hmm. you know, as far as like, and World War Two certainly the effect that it had on 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 science and, and industry and 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 the arts and and cultures. It was you know a world war, but you know World War One, the uh, you know the lost generation. You look at at the effect that that it had on. On culture, and you see here in 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 the graphic, you know, uh, form the 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 impact. And um, I've always I've always loved World War II history, but this book made me want to learn and find out more about World War One because I think it's it's not a forgotten war, but it's certainly 
World War Two overshadows it, and yeah. and I mean this was World War World War One was a horrific, nasty, nasty war. Yeah, most of it's um, being fought um, on the bat on the battlefield hand to hand, or mm-hmm. the 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 uh, military equivalent of that with like still still like horses small caliber and horses and swords, man. Yeah, yeah, small uh, caliber yeah, weapons well, and. I mean, again, as you say, I, I well, I, kids probably learn both, but they but we do, it does seem like we focus more on the on the Second World War because of the. Uh, more glamorous. I think it's that, what's that? It's more glamorous. It, I think it was. It was. It was. It, it was covered more widely. You you look at at I mean there there were a lot of advancements in communication and you know reporting. Well, I also and, think it yeah, and it also shaped the the last. It shaped the 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 the, the global geography, economic and political <laughs> spectrum that that yeah. exists even today. At least you know it, it started shaping it obviously, and it really cemented the U.S. as the global head you know hegemon. It it cemented yeah. our position as though as the world's power which we maintain for you know since really at least until china takes it away from us um but nah, uh, I mean, world war one i mean <laughs> um, uh, more than 50 percent of soldiers were wounded or killed in world war one right and you know, we're talking a global war with with millions and millions of people i mean it was uh uh twice as many soldiers died on a, as a percentage in world war one than than any other war including world war two um it, it was terribly terribly uh dreadful in terms of casualties Yep. You know, talking and, talking about um, you know trench warfare is one, and I'll let Vince go on. But it's one of my favorite little um, root of a saying. If you guys ever heard uh, the saying three on a match," it's it's unlucky to light three on a match. Mm-hmm. It's you know uh, to light three cigarettes. Do right. you know why it's uh, where that where that comes from? Not exactly. From trench warfare, that um, you know, you had to kind of conserve your matches. Uh, you only had so many, and so uh, the the soldiers would light multiple cigarettes on a match. But they would light one cigarette, and that was fine. And then uh, another guy would light his cigarette on a match. If you took the time to light three cigarettes on a single match, a sniper from yeah. across the across no man's land in the other side to the other trench would have enough time to draw a bead on the light of the match and fire a shot. And so that's why you never light three cigarettes on a match. All right. And Jason, towards the end of the book, uh, Tardy throws some facts at you. Um, 3,595,000 wounded. And, uh, of course, you see uh, a man in, in uh, a makeshift, makeshift hospital bed with weights and pulleys on his arms, and they're all bandaged. And, the, you know, just very not the conditions we would expect for a hospital today. And uh, 56,000 amputees. Uh, and sixty-five thousand maimed. It's they're not pretty pictures. Um, hey, Vince. Hey, Vince. What? I have a secret for you. What? I read this too. Good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's really but, good. Though. Oh my God. Uh, so we meet a bunch of characters, and they're fleeting. Uh, and and uh, if they if the stories originate in the foxholes and uh, sorry the trenches they spread out into memories these characters have of events of the war and then they return to the trenches and you'll ultimately see the demise of the character doing the uh, remembering. Uh, so uh, w- the one that really stuck out uh, to me was the the man named Lafont or is it Lafont? 
okay? Uh, it's a guy who remembers the, the French people being whipped into such a, a patriotic frenzy on mobilization day by the, by the French government that, that a large group of, of citizens who were, uh, seated at a sidewalk cafe they, they suddenly leap to their seats in unison to sing the national anthem that 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 that's how in, enraged they were at the germans and and their 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 overpowering you know sense of nationalism right when one weary and distraught looking old man did not rise to his feet to join the crowd they automatically interpreted his lack of participation as proof that he was a spy Bought off by the Germans, and they turn on the old guy, and they beat him to death. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that was reminiscent of uh, of like the you know like witch trials, right? Like you know, yeah, it's like if yeah. you, it's uh, you know, it's like we're gonna light this cabin on fire, and if you if you don't burn to death, then you you know, then you're a witch. <laughs> it's like you know, and you know. and and the, in the last panel of this sequence, you see the tables overturned, and uh, you can't really tell, and it's probably a better thing if the uh, liquid splayed across the surface of the table is blood or wine because he was drinking wine uh his glass is broken his his he his body's all shattered and twisted and there's not one character in that panel that's showing any signs of remorse or compassion for what happened to this old man there is a creature though a dog there's a dog next to the guy and and he has this this expression on his face like what what have these people done? You know, he's looking at the old man, and he's the only thing in the panel that, that with a shred of emotion. The other ones, they look like a group of Mr. Spock. You know, they're just yeah, we did what had to be done. It, it's it's very disturbing, but Tardy brings it home it, 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 with a dog, just just a, a, a an emotion like uh, Black said, an, uh, an, a creature that's supposed to be emotionless or pretty close to it. Um, at least on the surface, and, and here you have this dog mourning this old man. And and in in the first panel, it's almost as if the old man knows what's coming. He's got his 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 hand up on his forehead, and he's pushing his 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 uh, his hat back like, oh no, here we go again. Because he's 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 aged, right? He's experienced a lot more than the people around him. He knows what they're getting into. He knows what it's going to cost. At least this is my interpretation from it, from the way Tardy draws it, and that says a lot because he doesn't use a whole hell of a lot of lines, right? And uh, he's just struggling to to come to grips with the situation, and he's killed. For not acting on it, like maybe his his emotions pushed him to the point where he was dazed by the whole thing, and and because he didn't act as fast as the other ones, or even if he he would have at all, he's he he lost his life by his own people. It's crazy. It's insanity. But this book has a lot of insanity in it. I mean, um, there's uh, Jean Debois, who's a member of the French Third Company. And uh, his little group of soldiers have been ordered multiple times to advance the front lines. But they can't because not far away, there's a couple of German gun emplacements, right? And as soon as they emerge from the trenches, the Germans cut them down. But they're ordered. You must push these front lines forward. And and they uh, this, I think it was like their third attempt at doing it. And uh, they're they're cut down to cut to ribbons and they retreat they go back and into the trenches and uh their commander this brigadier general berthier he orders his own men his artillery people to pound the trenches 
in order to get the men out of their safe positions and go back to try and 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 pierce the front lines he he he's ordering his people to to kill his own people right so at the, at the culmination of that little uh, event he takes the survivors the ones smart enough not to follow orders he takes the survivors and he has them shot they're shot as traitors because they try to preserve their own lives in the face of a senseless stupid order by someone who probably from the looks of it was was uh sitting in a nice little well fortified position you know see that's that's a common theme running through this whole book it it shows how the soldiers are treated as uh kindling as chattel just thrown at the enemy what was the um the the manga that a couple of us reviewed last year the the Japanese war story. Uh, it's in the other room. Uh, Otherwise, I would have. Was it, it onward to our noble death? Noble yeah, death? yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of similarities um, mm-hmm. in in these two books about just kind of the. Um, the I mean, in war, you get disregard for human life. That's that's part of war. But um, yeah, the this. I mean, part of our. Part of our human nature is self-preservation, and how how that is how that is not a part of of war. And you know, you get these people that you know they're expected to die, and they're punished because they live. And yeah, right. it's uh, not uh, by the enemy. No, <laughs> by, by by their own. It's the insanity. Yeah. It's the insanity of war. Is is that as a, as a soldier, your job is to is to die, and if if you escape that, then that that you know kind of like offsets the the cosmic balance, and uh, you get these you know got Vonnegut explored it, and yeah. you know it's it, and you know kind of like I talked to you know the the lost generation. You have all of the uh, the the writers of that came out of this era. Um, had to come to grips with that and and explore those those themes it's uh and tardy does it masterfully oh my god here yeah. it's yeah it's uh um yeah it, it it's an amazing work but it is not something to read whenever you are uh have a you know a case of the blues it's it's no. not it's not no. it's not going to improve your your outlook on life yeah take private hewitt is it hewitt h-u-e-t or is it pronounced differently because it's french hewitt is it Huey? I don't. It, it's um, I don't know. However, however well, we would say that. In well, when we meet him, he's he's again in the trenches, and he he's remembering this daylight march into a German-occupied Belgian city. So after his group is joined by a platoon of French dragoons, the Germans emerge from the city, but they use the native women and children as human shields. They they place the women and children in front of them and march out of this this city and the French dragoons and it's it's pretty cold the way Tardy puts it. Um, suddenly we understood why the Belgians had been retreating. The Germans were advancing, preceded by the women and children of the village, but we were French Jesus. and th- we were French and they were not. We were given the order to shoot into the advancing group, and it's just it's so clinical. These people aren't yeah. French. You know, so they're, they're just something to dispose of in order to get at the Germans. And, and, and this man is haunted by this ghostly figure of a woman holding the hands of two children, the, the same woman that was marching out of this Belgian city. And, um, 
Well, let's just say it doesn't end well for him either. And, and he's almost lured by these, these, uh, specters into a position where he, uh, he gets entangled in barbed wire and, and is, is killed by, uh, a German, um, a sharpshooter. And then, then his demise leads into something else where somebody's ordered to cut him out of the barbed wire. He's, he's become a hazard and, and the story, someone else's story, uh, comes in. Uh, but, uh, lastly, there's one real cool one towards the end. Um, and it's a meeting of both sides or two of the, of the sides. Uh, a man named Mazur of the French 71st Regiment finds himself separated from his group. Uh, but he ultimately finds uh, uh, solace in the remains of this war-torn church. But when he gets inside, there's dead bodies all over the place. And you know, there's one living man, and it's uh, Werner, a German. And, and he had the same idea. I'll just go into this church and, and wait it out and hopefully run into my own people, and, and I'll get out of this. But So the, the two strike up a deal, uh, a treaty of sorts, where um, depending on whatever um, army gets to the church first they'll say that if it's the german army the german will say this is my prisoner uh, uh he's a prisoner of war blah blah but if it's the french the french one man will take the upper hand but it doesn't it doesn't end well for either one of them <laughs> it, you know it's it's not there's no humor in it it's it's just yeah. um a reminder that that war sucks no matter how you slice it and yeah. and um I, well, I, somewhere within the text tardy uh, implies that these two singular entities came to an agreement where their um races or or cultures could not whereas if it, if we're allowed to work on a person by person basis we're mm -hmm. more likely to find common ground whereas where we take peoples of a certain type and mix them with other peoples of a different type the uh large groups don't tend to come to a uh, resolution too easily so, sure and, and that was the sure. whole thing behind that section and then that's true today um yeah it, w one of the things that it it, it angers me whenever i whenever i hear yeah you know, there there's long running jokes about um about the french and um i i don't want to say the the cowardice of of french but um cheesy yeah, I, surrender I, I, monkeys yeah yeah i guess, I guess that's what <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's you know the the kind of joke is um is that the the french are are quick to surrender and and are are cowards and um, you know, I'm German is my heritage, and um, one of the reasons I I love World War One and World War Two history is that you know that that that's the history of of my people basically being taken over by some some pretty horrible horrible people and and led into war and. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I, I hate the the depiction of Germans in uh, in a lot of entertainment because not all I mean it's in one of my favorite sayings is that the the first the first country that the Nazis took over was Germany and you know and so um, my German heritage I, I look at and try and understand that the and so I, I kind of hate that depiction of Germans the the next country that I that I hate the depiction of of their people is is the french because you read a book like this and yeah tell me tell me how cowardly these men were tell mm -hmm. me 
you know how quick to drop their guns they were no they were they were fighting a horrific war and tardy lays this out and i i would i would challenge anyone to read this and tell me how how cowardly the french people are Right, but it was written and drawn by a Frenchman, so you have to factor that in a little bit. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not I, right. I think it's also very, very accurate to to what happened in mm-hmm. in World War One, as it, as the story uh, from his grandfather. Right, but like Bob Kaniger stuff, right? Tardy doesn't glamorize, romanticize yeah. the war. It it is brutal, uncompromising, widespread death senseless squandering of human life that's what it is and uh he's the same thing with sergeant rock sergeant rock is is not i mean he's an action hero of sorts but the framework that those stories in which those stories were presented is not your typical uh you know all-out action i mean it's like this stuff it showed that it's nuts to go to war. It's crazy. There's uh, whatever gain is 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 accomplished at the end. It's not worth all this human loss of life. It's 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 read this damn book. Because I mean, I don't I don't want to put myself in in Tardy's shoes. He explains it a lot better than that, or it illustrates it a lot better than I ever could with words and pictures. And and what pictures? Oh, jeepus! Yeah, it's, the, it's Tardy. He, yeah, and he, he's not a rough-hewn, earthy, inelegant, inelegant line. I mean, the man is 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 not P. Craig Russell. If 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 uh, I could equate a, a musical instrument with an art style, P. Craig Russell would be a violin, a beautifully tuned violin. I mean, so elegant. And Tardy is like an old, beat-up banjo. You know, there, there's an earthiness to it, and and a and a backwoodsiness. Uh, it, it's a thick, unwavering line. But my God, when you see it, it's true. It's true. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's there's there's a truth to it, and yeah. uh, you know, it's I I don't know who the first person uh, was to talk about Tardy on this show, but you know, it's been since we started doing Eleven that that I've become. Um, a, a huge fan of his, and I think was it uh, probably it may have been Jason with West Coast Blues, it, where we may have started, and uh, and it just kind of you know blossomed into you know the the Adele Bond sex stuff, and um, it's it, it, and you know major major props to Fanographics. To I was uh, just going to say, yeah, Fanographics yeah. is the the, one, the source of the props, definitely smart. And they they Very have. Smart. They have brought Tardy to to the American audience and uh, and done it so well. The packaging on these and the price point. Um, this, I mean, this is this is not a, a small book that that Vince is bringing up. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty good sized graphic novel. And what's the what's the uh, the retail on it? Twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that uh, that they've put out any of these books that is more than that. Um, uh, Twenty six ninety nine. For uh, you are there, which is you are the there, biggest, yeah. which is the biggest uh, of all of them, um, and you know uh, what what he you know from the the fantastic um, of Adele Blonsek and pick up the Arctic Marauder if you hadn't already yep. because it's it is one of my absolute favorite books from the last last couple of years, um, but then you know West Coast Blues you are there. 
um, it was the war in the trenches and like a sniper lining up his shot. Those are all just amazing, amazing books. I um, I finished um, like a sniper lining up his shot uh, a couple months ago, and if you liked West Coast Blues, you you have to read that book. It is so so good. But uh, yeah, Fanagraph has done an amazing job. Trenches is my favorite so far of everything they put out because I think it's the purest Tardy it, because on the, on the West Coast and the and the sniper he co-authored it with Manchette or Manchette did all the the the, the it's, words. It's, and, it's from it's from um, they're adapted from Manchette novels. Yeah, and You Are There was written by Jean-Claude Forrest, is it? But, uh, I mean, Adele and the Arctic Marauder are tardy, but i got to be honest, I, I love those, especially Arctic Marauders. Gorgeous. But that's early. That, that's early. Trenches, trenches has, it resonates. It, it has staying power because... When, it, was, when, it, was, when did he do that? Oh, I, think, I don't think they were all done in the same time no, frame. Because if yeah, you, if right, you, trenches. When was Trenches done? Or is that what you're saying? Um, no, I don't. I, right, I don't think trenches was done uh, consecutively. I think he worked on this over a period of years. Yeah, because I, I'm not Marauder, sure. That's almost as old as I am. I mean, that's early '70s. Ninety-three. It was well. That was when it was published. I have no idea. Yeah, I got to do some it's research. It's hard to tell with the publishing dates because of the translations. You never know when it's yeah. you know, mm-hmm. English translation or but, uh, the original French or you know, and and over there, you know what. It, maybe you know presented in a magazine first or something like that but uh he's been doing it for a long time like 40 years 40 40 plus years let's hope he never stops i i now that uh now that uh jean girard is gone he's my he's my my favorite living french artist it's true yeah awesome there's a lot of good french artists though i mean there's some monsters out there, but uh, Tardy is—I think he's in a class of all by himself. You're right. The main contender was Mobius. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gonna, all right. Or, or, Let's give somebody uh, else a shot. Real quick, and it's because I want to mention something that is going on in Chicago this weekend. Um, have you all uh, gotten your copy of Darth Vader and Son yet? No, not yet. No, no. Jeffrey Brown, you mean? Yes. Uh, no, it's something I figured I would grab like when they have the annual, you know, top shelf sale. Uh, it is not from top shelf. Oh, who's it oh, from? Really? It is um, from Chronicle Books. Yeah. I, well, then I, I screwed saw, up then. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw this on Amazon. Yeah, and I still didn't pull the trigger yeah, at the time. It is. Yeah, uh, Je- Jeffrey will do uh, other stuff for other publishers from from time to time um it may i don't know if it was because of the the lucas film stuff but yeah it's from uh from chronicle books which i'm sure is probably owned by a bigger publisher um but it is uh certainly has the lucas books um stamp on it uh jeffrey brown you guys have heard about him before and i'm talking to tv land out there um he's he's one of my one of my favorites he's a fellow chicagoan uh indie darling all of that good stuff mostly does a lot of stuff at top shelf well he's also uh like us a big star wars nerd and he has a new i don't want to call it it's not even really a graphic novel it's um i almost want to call it a uh it, it, they're all single frame um, 
uh, oh, nice. cartoons. So it's it's kind of like the Far Side meets the Family Circus. Oh, okay. It's Far like, Side yeah, Family Circus. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, Family Circus meets Star Wars meets the Far Side. It's the Darth Dark Vader Side and Family Circus. And they're, they're, oh, it, oh, oh. yes, it is the Dark Side Family Circus. <laughs> um, so it's all um, it's all comics about about uh, Darth Vader and his son, young Luke Skywalker. Um, and I'll just randomly um, pick one uh, pick one out here. Um, okay, uh, it's young Luke Skywalker uh, on the, the Tatooine desert uh, saying, Look, Dad, droids! And it's uh, uh, R2 and C-3PO, uh, C-3PO with his legs up in the air, uh, uh, buried in sand, and Darth Vader in a lawn chair, not looking at his son, reading a magazine, going, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, It's a uh, uh, young Princess Leia um, uh, dressing all of Luke's uh, Star Wars figures up in dresses, and him looking at Darth Vader saying, I don't want a sister. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just little gag strips that are really funny if you're uh uh it's the scene where where Darth Vader tells Luke that that he's his father you know so Luke is out on the uh um over the the, the not the catwalk the but you know the he's out over the the ventilation for the for Cloud City and uh and instead of I'm your father it's Darth Vader saying Luke that's not safe come back in here uh it yeah it's just just funny little Vader and Luke gags. Um, you know, Luke in the in the trash compactor from the Death Star, and Vader looking in through the door, saying, "Luke, wh- what are you doing? Get out of there!" Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, are they in color? Oh yeah, it's all it's all color. They're nice. It is it is, it is beyond cute. It is the um, keep it on your coffee table or in the. Uh, uh, in the restroom and people will look at it and giggle. <laughs> it's it's a very giggly book. Uh it's fourteen ninety five. It's cute as hell. Um and the reason I bring it up is if you are in the Chicago area, this weekend at Columbia College is the Chicago Alternative Comic Expo. Which I should have been. I sh- it's called Cake. I should have been talking it up the last couple weeks, uh, but it's a, a big indie small press uh, comic book convention here in uh, in downtown Chicago. And uh, Jeffrey Brown is going to be there. Uh, Jim Rugg is going to be there. Oh, nice! So I'm excited. I'm going to go see Jim and uh, a bunch of other awesome indie creators are going to be uh out and about and uh columbia college is, is right downtown so it's a chance to you know go down millennium park the loop all that good stuff and uh uh admission is free so wow. just uh, just look up a uh, cake uh, chicago alternative comic expo and you can find uh all the deets on it it's going to be saturday and sunday i believe so i'm going to go down and uh next week expect to hear lots of chatter about uh mini comics and self-published stuff because i'm looking forward to, to heading down there and picking up a bunch of stuff this weekend is, that, is uh tom show going to be there you're all crackly. I did not see Tom on the list. I will have to look. Did you see? Is is he? Is he? I'm going to look right now. Um, 
So give me a moment, and maybe we can talk about something else. I, I know Tom will be at Heroes. I don't know what he has planned before then. Uh-huh. You guys go ahead. I will look up and... And... and, and All right, well, since, since we talked about um, that, that, that happy topic of, of war, uh, the... Um, there's something that I well. There's two things that I really read that I really loved that I read this weekend. Uh, two completely different books, uh, in format, in tone, in in style. Um, the first one is uh, is something put out by Top Shelf. It's called Double Barrel. It is yes. It is digital only. It is 122 pages is the first issue for a whopping $1.99 from Comixology. $1.99. This thing is made by Kevin Cannon and Xander Cannon, who are not brothers. They are not related in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it is an anthology. They each tell a story. Um, Xander Cannon writes and draws a story called Heck, and Kevin brings you uh, Crater Crater 15, or Crater XV, uh, which is basically a sequel to Far Arden, which I haven't read yet, but it is now on, on my watch list because that is, that is also available digitally through Comixology. So eventually I will read um, Far Arden. But this uh, the first issue, two stories... Uh, they also have in Twelve Steps how to get off your butt and draw a graphic novel. The first uh, six or so steps are in the first issue. This will be monthly. Uh, the um, they did this. They created this book um, for the primary reason is because there are five words they say in the introduction. I mean, it, it's it's laid out really well, and and um, they have a uh, if you get through. The, the cover and, and the uh, and a table of contents. They have a uh, five-page intro where they kind of tell you about themselves. Uh, they each draw themselves, and and um, the five words they they never want to hear, uh, be it at a convention, be it in a letter, anywhere online, they never want to hear. I'm waiting for the trade. So so they make this book affordable and and just as they, these are basically. Full length. The the all right. Hex starts at page twelve and ends at page thirty seven. So you're getting basically a a full length comic book uh, per story. And and Heck is about a uh, the main character Hector. Um, Hector's father died, and he um, he he's cleaning out dad's house after the funeral finds out that uh, dad basically had a gateway to hell in his basement nice i hate it when that happens <laughs> and so uh, hex claimed to fame in this town he came back to town to to, to bury dad uh heck was uh the star of the football team heck has a friend named elliot elliot was the water boy uh, for the football team, he basically is living vicariously through Hector. All his fondest memories from high school are basically being the water boy for the football team. Um, Elliot's a rather geeky, um, seems to be a socially awkward fellow. So really, they, he doesn't have much going for him. So hanging out with Hector is really the only bright spot in his day. Um, 
So after they find the prologue is basically the funeral and finding this this doorway to hell. Uh, then we find out five years have passed and Heck has basically um, this archaeologist. He basically becomes it's a very pulpy kind of story, a pulp hero type story where he um, he'll basically go to hell and um, bring back. If you go to him and say, "Listen, you know, my my husband cheated on me. My husband didn't pay his taxes for whatever reason." If you're, if you, he's like a, um, he's almost like a, a a medium where if if you go to him because you need questions answered, and and the person in your life who died was probably in hell, will be able to answer that question. So he's the go between, and um, and we we find out, you know, what kind of uh, the different levels of hell. Um, where where certain people, if you were a thief, if you were a tax cheat, if you were a a um, an adulterer, where you may be in the uh, in the land of hell, and and I, we don't we don't get a whole lot of information. We don't see too much of hell in the first chapters. Basically, it's it's just a setup. It, Hector explaining to uh, to a client, her name is Amy, um, what he'll be doing. Uh, there, there are neat little tricks where if um, if at any point in your life you committed a sin, be it you know you stole a Snickers bar or you you know you took your neighbor's mail, if if you did anything, if you if you had an impure thought, if you committed a sin at any point in your life, um, Hector will be able to send you a message at that time, and so even if it's like back twenty years ago when you were watching a football game and you had a, a um, you thought about how good somebody looked in their tight pants on, on the football field. When you went home that night and wrote about it in your journal because you were with your girlfriend and you had that thought, Hector's comment to you will come through your journal. And just the way it's how, how it's shown and, and, and how Hector explains it and, and, and how it comes to be, it really is a neat little twist on things because you can't just pick up the phone and call somebody from hell and say, okay, listen, I found the guy <laughs> right. before. And so it's just, it's, it's a neat way to get around that because there is no time, I guess, isn't linear in hell, we'll say, but, um, heck is, is, is starting off to be a really cool little story. I, I, um, the, the art is, um, it, 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 it has a, a indie mini comic, Type feel, and I do believe okay. that um, that Xander draws it on uh, like eight and a half by eleven paper, folded in half. So he basically draws it as as he's doing a mini comic. So it's and 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 you kind of get that feel to it. Um, it's it's handwritten as far as the lettering goes. So um, it may not look as polished as some of the other things you may find, but it really is. And there's a lot. I mean, there, there are panels upon panels on each page. I mean, you are that alone. That story alone. That 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 one book I think would be worth cover price right there. But after you get through the uh, the two page intermission, you get to um, Crater Fifteen. Uh, again, there's a prologue, and then we get into Chapter One. And basically, Army Shanks, who was a character who was the I guess main character in Far Arden. This is a uh, years have passed since that first story. Um, there's somebody in Shanks's life who. Uh, is no longer with him. Um, I don't know 
what happened to this person, so I, I'm not going to, to guess, and, and we really don't get into it here. Um, Shanks kind of keeps to himself. He, uh, this kind of takes place in, in the, the far north area of, of, uh, of Canada. Um, so it's completely alien, different world to me as far as that goes. But this, the, um, it, it, there are, there are boats involved and, and, um, and different nations and, uh, looks like space travel. I'm not sure with, with this book, um, the, I'm, I'm not sure how true I, it, it definitely feels like a, an alternate world where, um, the technology kind of doesn't match the time. There are definitely like like they're running around I mean, like, with like swords. steampunk, or kind of sort of. I mean, he's running around with a sword, but they're talking about going into oh. space, and oh. and you know. So, but I'm still I'm I'm enjoying what I'm reading, but I think I'm going to have to um, give this one a, a definite. It, it's not as straightforward as Heck is, and and what's neat is that um, uh, Kevin Cannon does the uh, the whole. Onomatopoeia with the sound effects. So, like you, when you when when he's slashing you with a sword, you'll see slash. You'll see you know grab when he's picking someone up. And oh, um, very Ryan Brown. So yeah, it's 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 very um, and and it and it works and it fits. And um, again, and, and both of these have cliffhangers. So so you really want to get the um, the next issue. And then there's a um, there's a small little um, Xander Cannon uh, draws. True tales of um, of Jin, age four, who is uh, who's his son, and it's um, it that that goes on for maybe a page or so. Uh, no, like, like three pages, and then you get uh, you get the how to get off your butt and draw a graphic novel. That's a few pages, and then you get a cute little bio of the of the creators, and then coming next month. So all of this, 122 pages. I I could not. Put this down every time. I, I thought I'm like, all right. Another swipe, another swipe, and then I'll 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 put it down and, and go back to it tomorrow. I couldn't. I I had to finish this as soon as I got it, and it was one of those things where I saw I got the email from Comicsology. You know, this is what we have for you today, and and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, really seriously, what do I have to lose with everything else <laughs> I'm reading? It's like it it is. It's it's two dollars, and I'm like, you know. Two dollar. If you if you can give it to the paper boy, you can definitely. It's just it's. I really am happy with this. This 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 could have this would have been my in your travels, but I, I wanted to give it a, as much time as I could because I I want people to be aware of it and and they have it set up so that I mean because it is on Comicsology, whether you have an iPad or a Kindle Fire or your phone, I mean you'll be able to get this and and I definitely recommend it. It's um, and it's. It's it's a nice change of pace for someone who may not may want something after they're done reading whatever event they're reading, whatever zero issue they're reading, whatever universe is relaunching. Here's just something completely different done by two dudes who just want to make some comics, and and that's that's what they aim to do. That's what they are doing, and you really can't go wrong if you check this out. You sold me. I saw it on Comicsology, and I, it looked kind of intriguing, just because of the whole, you know, double feature and my love for anthologies. And I exactly. Be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have, and it's, and and I even after uh, last week when when Chris was talking about the latest action double feature and and so good. I it really is. 
I mean, we've talked about digital comics and what we like to see and things like that, and 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 we all love double feature. I mean, and I I love the the whole DVD extras aspect of it, with with from pencils to inks to letters to colors and 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 the comments that the creators make. And you may not really get you're not getting the comments, you're not getting the extras with Comicsology, but you really can't beat what what some of um, what some. I mean, because you have this, I think is because it is digital because it is top shelf and and it's not like it's not like it's just some dude who's sending you a pdf here's my comic and i want you right. to read it and this is that this is put out by a, a publisher that that we're all fans of and it's 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 brought to you by comicsology and whereas this this isn't like on a wednesday uh, day and date right, so today the massive came out also it you can go to the comic shop and get it from Dark Horse, or, or you can get it from Dark Horse Digital, and that's you know, in that regard, that is just a typical Wednesday where I'm just if I didn't buy the book in the comic shop, I'm going to buy it digitally. This this just feels so different to me, and and I have absolutely no no problems supporting something like this. I, I will definitely be there in in a couple of weeks when the second issue comes out. Cool. Sweet. You know what? What? I have never bought anything from Comixology. Wow, no, never really? really? No, I don't, I don't even have an account. Do you have to have an account? Do you have an iPad? Just an email. Yep. Yeah, just your email address. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I guess address, I buy it through iTunes, I guess. Oh, yeah, you can, go, you can go through. If you get it on your iPad, you'll, you'll be charged through the iTunes store. If you go to Comixology's website, you can pay for it, your books that way. Oh. You know what I... What I got through uh, through Comicsology uh, yesterday? I don't know. I don't know. I got Action Comics seven seventy five. Oh yes, because of the Superman versus the Elite sale. Because yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This mm-hmm. week, yeah. And um, I actually watched um, Superman versus the Elite first, and then read the comic today. And um, to to plug. Um, the, one of the other podcasts um, I'm, I was lucky enough to grace uh, the guys over at iFanboy uh, and I that's uh, uh, Connor and Ryan Haupt and um, Paul Montgomery and I every time one of the DC animateds come out we get together and, and chit chat about it so it should probably be over at iFanboy now so if you want to hear my thoughts on Superman versus the Elite you can go do that but I, um, today uh, took the time to go back and read Action Comics 775, which honestly, I owned. It's in a box somewhere. I don't know if I ever read it. Um, and if I did, it didn't resonate with me as much as it does now, because I, I read it today. Really enjoyed it. It's uh, uh, Especially looking at it through 2012 eyes, mm-hmm. at a 2001 comic that was kind of talking about the state of comics at the turn of the century and it was very much Joe Kelly's um, I don't want to say rebuttal uh, on comics like The Authority but you know <laughs> certainly certainly a commentary about how um, how extreme and how uh, I, you can tell that Joe Kelly kind of wanted to tell Warren Ellis shut up Georgie uh, wanted to tell Warren Ellis to, to kind of take a long walk off of a short pier <laughs> with with his his opinion of 
um, what what heroes were at that time. So uh, interesting, interesting comic to uh, to read by today's standards. Sweet. Who's who's the? Uh, is it Manchester Black? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. very very much the uh, the 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 Jenny Sparks. Oh, hold on! I'm being called here. I will. I'm sorry. There I'll be, be right back. Woodrow. Silent uh, Man. Vinso. Let's hear it. He wasn't. Wait, no, he wasn't silent during the tardy talk. Yeah, though. seriously. Dude. I was. I. So, but I. Yes, it's his turn. Bring right. it. Just bring it. Well, uh, strangely enough, I mean, seeing as how I didn't know that you guys were going to talk about French creators this week, um, I too have to discuss something by a French creator, although of a uh, of a much more modern vernacular. Um, the person uh, I want to talk about is uh, a creator by the name of Cyril Pedrosa. Yay. And I know the name sounds uh, Spanish, but he's actually French. Uh, and this book was turned on to me by our good buddy Scotty Young when he was on the show uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and that is Three Shadows, which uh, was originally put out in 2007 um, in France uh, and was then translated and brought over here um, in 2008 by first second and it is indeed still in print because after Scotty talked about it I went to Amazon and got the book so you can find it uh, with relative ease um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful story and, and you know Scotty recommended it so I, again if you listened to two weeks ago you, you heard him mention it but um, I had never heard of Cyril p- before um, and you know, I, I don't know if um, I don't know, Vince, if you've ever seen his stuff, but... I have it, yeah. Uh, oh, you do? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was reading this book, I thought there were pages that would be totally up your alley. Because oh, yeah. he he is... Uh, how to describe it? Um, uh, not being an artist, I may stumble on this, but, but basically what it struck me is, is he's very, very, very confident with his line in the sense that he just puts it down and lets it go. I mean, he doesn't... The pages are clearly, you know, one-take pages, if you will. You know, he doesn't he doesn't strike me as someone that um does a lot of self editing, you know. He 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 illustrates the page and that's the page. Mm-hmm. Um and where I think he really has a strong suit is in the more emotional panels, like when he's trying to convey uh the sense of dread or death or foreboding and he just goes wild and it starts getting very, very just just raw, you know, almost just, just lines just going helter skelter until they make a shape. Um and I thought it was fantastic. The book is, um, I mean, at its heart, it's a story about a family uh, named um, Luis and Lise and their son, Joaquin. And they're very happy. They're farmers. They live in a, uh, a, um, a rural area, very much a carefree life, uh, very much at peace with, with their, their modest existence. It's pretty much like the perfect little world that they live in. Uh, and then one day, three, three shadows uh, shadowy figures on horseback appear, uh, and and they clearly have a sense of foreboding tied to them, um, which leads the father to take their son and escape from the shadows. And they go on uh, quite an adventure that that spans the oceans and uh, other countries, and um, you know some I guess quasi, I mean metaphysical states, but it's uh, it's it's. It's a story, really, of what um, what a parent would be willing to do to help protect their child from even 
uh, unescapable um, events. Uh, and I'm trying to be vague in how I describe it because that's right. sort of the whole point. As big a fan of The Road as you are, that, that sounds like it's right up your alley. It's very much like The Road, yeah. yeah. I mean, The Road is very much a serious sort of... The Road, you know, Cormac McCarthy, his, his stories are very... Th- there's literally no redeeming quality to to the road, right? I mean, in the sense that that uh, th- there's no light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Um, yeah. And McCarthy kind of that's his that's his world. That's kind of the that's the modality he frequently explores is just how 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 sometimes you're dealt a shit hand, and that's just the life you have to live. Um, this this is has a little bit more of a of a I don't want to say happy ending, but it has a little bit more of a um, a positive karmic view of the world. And that you know that 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 pain is is something you can't run away from, but at the same time, it doesn't mean you can't learn to be happy at other points in your life. Um, you just have to accept that that pain is going to be there, and you deal with it. So so this, um, but it was a wonderful book. It's a very quick read. It's a little larger than a digest sized. It's two hundred and thirty pages. Um, like I said, it's black and white. The, the art style is very very unique very very uh, he conveys the emotion of the story really well um and i don't know if if scotty i don't know if scotty said this when he was on but if he didn't i'm gonna retcon it to -hmm. make him say this but the the art is (laughs) is is somewhere between scotty and doug tenaple oh well he would like that yeah i could see that i mean um i think that if i recall the tenaple grit and the scotty big form animated style you know, character the the way the characters are conceived, it's very much in line with the way Scotty does it. So sure, I think that's fair, and and I know that uh, Pedrosa's uh, he cut his teeth in the commercial art world as a uh, as an animator for Disney. You can see that, yeah, you yeah. He, he did. That. He was one of the I think the main animators in the uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney movie and Hercules as well. So, but this is much rawer than that, though. I mean, I don't want people to think. I mean, there are pages where he draws characters, and you could you could see that those characters could be cells cell animations taken from a, a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. But in general though, I mean the general the, the sequentials, the the backgrounds, the the transition panels, they're very much more I would say raw and 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 yeah. um you know uh just sort of emotional and vibrant. You know, they're they're not they're not finished. You know, they're they they're they're scratchy almost, if you will. Yeah. That's the um, the Doug Ten Naple uh shadows. I don't think Ten Naples ever laid down a solid black. Okay, so yeah, I'm not as familiar yeah. with his work, so that makes sense. But no, this was really terrific. And again, oh, I will you say need this: to read if, some if, yeah, yeah, no, I know. You know, he's a guy. I've seen his work, and I do. I, I what little I've seen of it, it does look really good. Um, but this is a story that I think, um, if 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 20 year old Jason read this, I would have found it pretty boring. Um, but 37 year old father of three Jason thought this was an amazing story. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting that Scotty brings it up because I'm curious if he would have had a similar view of it. You know, obviously he's a a relatively new dad as well, and I know it's had a pretty profound change on his life. And certainly the emotional resonance of the father's desire to protect his child at all costs is something I identify with wholeheartedly, but would have been completely foreign to me and been hard to have identified with if I were back before I was a parent. So, you know, be, be forewarned. If you're listening and you're, if you're a 20 year old listener still in college and all you're caring about is getting drunk, getting laid, might not be the story for you. If you're, a, a, a it could lead to this story though. That's true. Yeah. If you're a mom or a dad uh, though, and you, you, or you, you know, have had experience, you know, with caring for, you know, a young sibling or something like that, then I think this story is something that you really should uh, avail yourself of. 
So there's there's things in here though. As a parent, you probably you will uh, identify with this. As someone lucky enough to have produced offspring, there's things in this book that you see in those moments when you close your eyes and just want to make it go away. You know those things that you never want to ever see in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's not. It's not Disney. He may have cut his teeth on Disney, but the the storyline is way far removed from from the uh, shiny happy people populating the Disney stuff. So, uh, absolutely, and but it, and it's not. This is not a graphic or a. Um, I mean, this isn't a cruel or uh, you know or um, explicit book. You know, it's not a book that's you know sometimes this isn't something like we talk about like a Pim and Francie where there's like graphic violence. It's oh, there's man, nothing. No. There, there's nothing overtly violent. Like I could visually, I could show this to my kids. There wouldn't be any. I wouldn't do so because I don't think we'd probably make them pretty sad or, or, or scared. But but uh, it's it's more of an emotional uh, it tugs at your emotional heartstrings much yeah. more than than uh, than well, sort that's... of yeah. So so mad props to the French this week. Who knew? Nice. Oh, avec. <laughs> it's the only French word I know. Avec. Huh. <laughs> With. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Psycho Killer. Talking Heads gave me some fun. (laughs) Of course you do. It's it's classic. It's a great tune. What are we going to talk about now? Well, that Uh, Chris... uh, All right, so the uh, the thing. mm -hmm. Chris will like this. Chris will like this now that he's back. Okay. Okay. Uh, Since I mentioned two things that I read this weekend, the other thing that I read that I picked up with Jason when he and I were at Wild Pig, uh, read it this weekend, and you know I I know that there were delays when it was coming out. I know that I knew it was going, I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know how good, uh, but I read the oversized hardcover of Stumptown. Oh, oh, look at you! Oh, look at you! And this this is I Dexedrin. mean. Yes, my, my notes are very few. That's and, awesome, and and that is actually that is um, you both just basically mentioned my notes. I, they, they, I, it, <laughs> it is it is so good, and the thing is, it's it's not even. And as I'm reading it, there were only really two parts where I kind of I didn't get lost, but um, and sadly it wasn't because of the artwork or because I was so involved into the story, but but there Which were. Matthew Southworth. I, oh, and, the art, and and he he um he Who wrote recently, that. He oh, this little dude, uh, uh, up and comer, young gun, uh, Greg Rucka. Oh, um, the uh, Southworth recently um did a a no oh, jam issue. He he did the um the Punisher parts of a Punisher issue, and Matthew Clark did the um did the female point of view parts of, of, of an issue of, of uh, Ruckus Punisher a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but um, but the, there were uh, two instances where the, the, the word balloons weren't going to the right person. And, that, and as I'm reading yeah. it, that's, that's the only part where I'm like, that really is the only negative of this whole thing. It, it, even, even though it's the, there are parts where, purposely so, the art is, is, um, is, is muddy or it's dark because of the time of day or because of the location where things... You're, you're supposed to be confused. You're not supposed to be able to see everything that's going on because of... That's just where where we are. And, and uh, there... 
as I'm reading it, you know, you find out that really the mystery of it or, or why things are happening or who's behind it all, that's not important. How Dex deals with things and how she gets out of things and how, how do things happen to her, that's what, that's what makes me want to turn the page. That, well, that's the, the, do, do you know the, the impetus of the series? Why Greg wrote that series? What, is, what he wanted to accomplish with that? I didn't read. I, I didn't. The no, I didn't. I, I didn't he, read. Any of, uh, he is a he is a huge fan of the Rockford uh, Files. Rockford Files of Madam Pi. Okay. Uh, he is a huge Pi fan. He loves the Private Investigator, uh, the classic Private Investigator stories. And you know, if you look at at where Pi stories are. Today, you, you think about any sort of you know popular cult. Oh, someone just opened the door. There. Uh, um, uh, I think it's one of uh, Woods canned beers. Indeed, uh, sir. Uh, if you look at, at at TV private investigator uh, series now, there's always some sort of weird hook to it. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a psychic. Ability or some sort of scam, or you know, it's it, my wife and I love Psych. Psych is a really fun TV show, um, but it has the little hook that he is uh, kind he's of fooling everybody. He's pretending to be a psychic, right? Where he's actually just a very observant yes. private investigator. Um, Greg got, I think, really sick of Pee. PI shows that weren't PI shows. Right. It had to be, you know, someone who was, you know, in touch with the afterlife or some bullshit yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. He wanted, he misses just really good PI shows. And so Town was his answer that, you know what, you can have a private investigator who's fucked up, you know, they may, they may have, you know, a drinking problem and personal issues and Family problems and and all of that stuff, but they're still good detectives. Yes. They don't they don't have to have some weird, you know, almost supernatural um, affliction or ability to make them make them good detectives. So, right. this town was his answer to all of that, saying, you know what, you could do a good PI story with someone who is just a good detective. And so that's that. Talking to him several years ago, whenever they started this, that was that's what we wanted to do. Was just a really good guy story. He he definitely did that. He um this is this is unlike Dexter is is unlike you know Tara Chase. She she's unlike Kane over in Batwoman. It's it's it is a it's a completely different character. Um, the only way I could tell that. That really, Greg Rucker wrote this is because it is a strong female lead character. It's I mean, a, it's, it's, it's strong female lesbian lead character. Well, possibly lesbian. I mean, you know, it's it is. Yeah. I mean, she's she's yeah, still she, not sure. She says, but um, but it is. It's and and the art was so fitting to the story. I, I yes. don't know if Southworth lives in in Portland. Maybe he does. I, 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 I think he's a Pacific Northwest. Okay, so I mean, so so there's definitely that feel to it, and 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 it. I, I like that. I, I it 
it just well, it, it also I don't know if you know this David but I think you've read it it um it takes place in the same universe as his uh, Atticus Kodiak books. Okay, see, and I do have I have the first one. Was it was it Finder or Keeper was his first one? I have it. I just haven't finished it yet. I don't remember which okay. is Finder. Okay, okay, yeah, I think okay. so. Um, but, all right, so that's that's cool. I like that, and and I know that Alpha came out recently. Um, and I'm not, I don't know if that, that's, that's his that's his new new character. Yep. Um, but it is it is it is extremely well done. I'm very, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad I read it. It. it it was something that I wanted to read. I just, you know, figured I'd get around to it, and 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 now that I have, I'm kind of bummed that that I waited so long. I'm not I'm not bummed because I do know that that there was a delay between a couple of issues. So I'm not, you know, I mean that that's fine. I I'm I'm happy to have the the hardcover. There was a forward by Matt Fraction, which was um, which you know, unlike most introductions or forwards, you know, he doesn't spoil anything that goes on um, in the book, but. Um, but it was it it did paint a nice picture of of um of what to expect as far as the location and the characters within and how how um since fraction and his wife are newer to the area than than rucka and and other people are um you know then as as a newbie you know that that this is this is really how it is and 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 um and the streets and things like that. and and just all the characters have a unique voice nobody mm-hmm. we didn't um and also when's the last time you saw anyone in a comic have somebody with uh with uh you know like down syndrome in a book or, right i mean that's- yeah you're right no yes and it's not even and and the things were so things were subtle but not they didn't hit you over the head, like right, like exactly. It's not like Rucka well, put the right, character in there. It's like, oh, here's Down syndrome boy. Like it's like right. you know, just I mean, that guy's a Down syndrome brother that you take care of. You know, if if, if anyone's gonna be kind of um, either sensitive to or um, know what that is like, it's gonna be Greg. It's okay. His, oh, really? He has, yeah, his, he has a uh, a sister with Down syndrome. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um. And 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 a little. I mean, even even aside from from her brother, but when Gray shows up to um, to watch him for the night, and and obviously Gray has feelings for Dex, and whether Dex is oblivious to it or just doesn't think that you know, we don't we don't know their backstory. We don't. I mean, and that's the thing. It's it's a day or a week in the life. Yeah, of, yeah. We're not. You know, we're not hit over the head with how. You know how she came to be this way. We 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 get little things here and there. Obviously, there's there's some friction between her and the captain or the lieutenant of the police force. And and you know and and there was a case that she solved that he may not have wished she solved. And yep. we may never get that backstory. And I don't care. I just we're we're this is it. We're in this moment of, in time. And this is and and the whole thing with, with, with even the car is a character to some degree and oh, it's just it's and 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 the collected edition has the the mini comic that that greg and and uh, southworth put out to to get everybody ready for Stumptown, and it was neat reading that little story of um uh, it was another it was another case I i've got i've got the flyer for for Stumptown the, and the, yeah, the yellow page. Okay, flyer. there's the yellow oh, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, and, and the uh, 
There yeah. was that print. Um, there, there were a couple of prints that Southworth had printed for for various conventions leading up to the um, leading up to the book. I did find out in a recent um, done some of the graphic design work on that. I who did? Maybe, I think Eric Troutman did some of the yes, graphic. Yes, he, he did. He did the yellow page ad because his yeah. name was at the bottom of the uh, of, of of the page. Um, and Comic Book Resources recently had a. I think their they kicked off their Sunday conversation column with Greg Rucka a couple of weeks ago, and Stumptown will return, I believe, in September. And he's only trying to solicit it when the issues are done. So uh, that we we've heard that long. I know, I know. So, <laughs> so I'll wait for the next collection in that case. But I, uh, but so I mean, there are there are more stories coming and and uh i i think i i'm sorry the first issue will should be solicited in september's previews uh whether or not you know each issue will be out every month after that that i don't know but he uh he's not gonna he's gonna try to not solicit it i guess before the issue's done so it, there may be a delay between issues but it won't he won't solicit it and then you know you gotta wait months but um stumptown i i agree with what everybody else has said definitely recommend it it is a um it's you know, and you don't even need to get bogged. And I know when when you first talked about it, Chris, you know, you you talked about MS thirteen and and things like that, and and that that there's they're mentioned, but it's not like because when you talked about it, I thought they were really involved in the in the book. Well, the 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 um the father the, the father that sends her on the mission is, is right, but it's not like it's not, it. I mean, it's not like the the it's not like every page gangbangers sure, sure. after or anything so i mean it's not it's still it's the, because of her father's connections they're mentioned but i mean it could have been it it's not like they, they, they're there all the time and and dill and whale and and how they just keep popping up i mean there were just there were things where you you really do feel like you're you're watching an 80s era pi show where it's just like yeah kind of just have to shrug and go like oh seriously them again and and but nothing you don't it's nothing is done or as it happens you're not you don't throw your arms up in the air going oh this is bullshit or or I, you know it's just it it's just her luck. It's just it's the way things unfold, and it just everything about it, it. It just feels natural. It's 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 a nice progression as as you go through the book, and it just it it all just works. Nothing is nothing feels far fetched. It's a really really well done comic, art and writing. It's yeah yeah. Th- there's there's no plot holes, which yeah. you can have in in a, in a PI spray stuff that that doesn't connect. But no, it all works. The characterizations are great. It's just an incredibly well crafted comic and PI story. It's and, uh, and it definitely helps. It uh, in her case, it definitely helps when um, when someone has children who are complete idiots. Because if 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 Oscar if Homeboy's son wasn't <laughs> just a bumbling fool, I it, it it the whole thing could have could have gone in a different direction, and and that's that's one of those things where it's just like that that fits where it she just a lot of times it, the characters the the shows the the other creations she's kind of I guess based on. A lot of it does have to do with luck, and and it's like you know you 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 dive into a car because you're getting shot at, and oh, 
just your luck that that the keys are in the so you can get away and things like that and it's just and it but again it's still like one of those things where it's still everyday kind of things that could happen it's not like you know you just there's, there's so I, much there's there's so much that happens in Dex's life that that is bad luck or or bad luck of her own making that yes. it all kind of just bounces out it just evens it out evens out because you know, De- Dex is a great um, kind of anti-hero and that you feel bad for her but at the same time she brings a lot of the shit on her on herself oh yeah I mean we open up the book and 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 she's gambling almost twenty grand in the hole so I mean yeah I mean, you know D- David you bring up the great point and I think that it speaks to number number one why Rucka is such a good writer and number two why probably people that have been reading comics for a long time like us found this this mini so enticing you know he remembers that like comics it's okay to to like take you into a person's journey midway it doesn't have to you yes. know we we, we and that cuz that's how we read comics right we just picked up books yep. off the shelf and even they were halfway in the middle of a story arc and you just accepted that you figured it out over time some stuff was important. Some stuff you probably read and you never even went back to. You don't even remember it happened. It wasn't a big deal. You just move it, and that's how he. You know, like you said, that's how he did it. He just he he has, he he doesn't he doesn't spend the first four issues introducing you to Dex and her world. Simply like, oh, my name is Dex, and this is what I yes. do, and, and this is, and then oh, I'm going to become a private eye. Like she's just she's got a world. She's got history, and you just establish that. And the thing that he does is he shows it he doesn't say it you know like he yes you you, you learn of her her personality and her history by the interactions in the story you know you learn you that okay she's it out right okay so she's got a gambling problem okay she's maybe a lesbian okay she's got she's she's had some ups and downs in her life she owes people a lot of favors okay you get all this but you get it in the context of the story you're reading versus them saying like in some opening caption page like oh yeah oh, it's okay. a gambler with a lot of debts to pay and she you know, and, and, and and you know why because greg's a writer yeah 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 absolutely um <laughs> So yeah. yeah, but but mad props to him because it's you know that's that's just um it, that's a refreshing yeah. uh, that's a refreshing thing to see. Um, so I, I have to say it, it's it's I do hope we get more of it. Um, it's so it's always like like Chris joked. It's it's I sort of believe it when I see it. I yeah you know, oh, yeah 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 absolutely. absolutely. And I don't think Greg's been a secret that this didn't sell well. So I don't you know he's not uh, you know I don't, oh, I don't but, know he's no, getting I, rich doing this, but he. I think he very much understands that 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 his pro his pet projects with Queen and Country is one and and Stumptown is another. It, he knows what they are, and I, I it's one of the things I love about comics is that in no other medium would would Greg be able to to produce something like that. He can't you. Know, he can't say I'm going to make a great PI TV show. That doesn't happen. Or I'm going to do a great espionage movie. That does. He doesn't have forty million dollars laying around <laughs> to make a Queen of Country. Even movie. after Whiteout. Even after Whiteout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what? He can. You know, if he puts his mind to it and. And it's enough of a you know a labor of love. He's like, yeah, you know what? I can I can produce Queen and Country, and people at Oni believe in it enough. And that's you know we talk. I mean, 
I rag on comics and I get upset about comics and have to take vacations away from comics for whatever reason. But, you know, that is the thing that keeps me coming back because there's there's no other medium that is so pure as far as creators being able to get their vision out. Yeah. And it's it's awesome because there's no other medium that Greg could do Stumptown in. None. And 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 I'm glad that it is with I mean we we've talked about only in the past that we we think we're all fans of, of the sixth gun and, and there are there are things that that Oni puts out that we love and, and, and I like how how this is published by them, whereas, you know, if it was published almost by well, we, we know he's writing Punisher and and he's, he's doing, doing, he's doing he's, a web comic now? Yes, he's he's got the web comic and, and he's um and and I'm, Wait, I don't I don't know how he uh, I, I don't know how heavy the touring is for Alpha, but but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going around promoting that right now since it's out. So um, you know it it could be that you know the book will be out in September or you know maybe that's just you know a hopeful thing. But either way, we do know that he is revisiting the world and 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 and, and the other thing. I mean, we're talking about how Greg's writing it, but. We also have to make sure, I guess, that that Southworth is available to, to spend a few months working on it. So yeah, yeah exactly. That, you know, that's, that's the holdup on almost all these books. I mean, there are writers that that will drag a little bit, but you know, it's almost always the 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 artists and their schedules. You know, I'll never uh, I'll never forget. I was talking to Chris Moreno at uh, at a convention. I was like, Chris, you you know, come out and have. Uh, a drink or two tonight, and he was, he was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, but I gotta go back to my hotel hotel room and, and catch up on this stuff. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, you know, a writer says, you know, Batman crashes through a window, that takes him 30 seconds to write. It takes <laughs> take me five hours to draw that. I was like, oh, okay. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You know, I get it, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Stumptown, David, because and we also this is very a uh, a very serendip- a uh, spon- spontaneously serendipitous episode because um, you also talked about Comicsology. Comicsology is having uh, a sale right now on they're calling it the Crime Wave sale, and uh, oh yes, and and it's a bunch of different crime themed books, um, which are probably all worth your attention. But the one that definitely for people, if 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 you're one of the poor saps that have not availed yourself of the uh, uh, of Darwin Cook's Parker, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, yes, you can get um, the Hunter for three ninety nine on Comicsology right now, and you can get the outfit, the newer one, for four ninety nine. Both of which are obscenely good prices for yeah. amazing, amazing uh, graphic novels. So if if honestly, if you haven't bought them yet for whatever reason, but you are you you are curious, you're not going to find them cheaper than this ever. So no, so, yeah, because that's that is. I think that that might be half off on both on during the crime wave sale. That's about half, and that's if that's half off digitally. Keep in mind that these are both still hardcover books that retail for twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's the thing. So for like the outfit, it's right. It's twenty five bucks. I mean, I guess Amazon you maybe get it for fifteen bucks, but it's it's uh, it's five bucks right now on that Comicsology. So that's yeah. for two one hundred and fifty pages of Darwin Cook. You know, that's uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the new one. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Nothing gets Vince quiet like some crime comic talk. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about I want to talk about the coldest city now. <laughs> Here you go. I'm, I'm, 
gonna I'm gonna save it for next Vince. We'll space them out. Vince, did you read the oh you're behind, right? In what? I am behind. I just got fourteen and I have uh fifteen and sixteen coming. Yeah. I I just read ninety nine today. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see what what is I just read the sixteenth trade. What does that take me up to? That takes me to uh I do. Uh, let's see. High Not too far, right? Well, I would think beyond that, right? Let's see. Well, I should have looked at that. Uh, I think the 16th trade goes up to 92? 96. 96. Ah, close. Yeah. So, Closeness. Yeah, I got it, something it, fast. Yeah. Relatively, <laughs> relatively fast. Uh-huh. No, really. Um, I go first? Huh? Yeah, you yeah, can no, go. go you go pee. Uh, uh, I'm go pee. You know, I, 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 I want to talk about an intro right now, not not a not a book. I want to talk about the uh, the intro to the book, though. What is this? Well, um, I uh, as 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 you all know, and, and as I think anyone that listens know knows, I'm a humongous fan of Rick Remender. Uh, yeah, yeah, l- love him. L- love you know. Obviously, I think Fury Agent one of the best things that happened in the comics in the last decade. Just just lo- you know, love him. Gotten to know him personally. He's just just huge fan. Uh, but I, I came to Rick after he cut his teeth on his first creator-owned works, um, one of which was Strange Girl. So uh, I recently procured uh, the Strange Girl Omnibus, which was printed uh, by Image um, recently, uh, you know, late uh, late 2011. So, uh, but uh, Strange Girl, for those who don't know, um, and I don't want to talk about the book too much. Tonight, because I, I'm only about a third into it, but the premise is um, is the rapture happens. You know, for for those that aren't Christian or for you know, the rapture is the idea that um, you know God lets all the righteous ascend to heaven and then leaves all the rest of the sinners and non-believers on earth, uh, which is then inhabited by Satan and have to live in a pur- basically a hellish purgatory uh, to uh, because they they weren't worthy. Um, and, and, and as crazy and fantastical as that sounds, there is a big chunk of the populace, even in our own country, that genuinely believe that's going to happen someday. So, so uh, it's, it's a fascinating thing, particularly if you have my views on faith. Um, so this is right up my alley. This is basically the rapture happens, and I'm not giving anything away because this is basically happens in the first few pages of, of a 20-plus of a issue uh, run. The rapture happens, and... Um, an entire family is ascended, save for a little girl who, I guess, for some reason, was deemed not worthy by God, and she grows up in an earth that is uh, run by by Satan's minions and demons, um, and she's alive because she uh, is has a natural tendency to be a very powerful sorcerer, um, and it's a, she's the strange girl, and it's a story of her and her sidekick, who's a a little blue impish devil. Um, kind of a puck-like guy who's her her buddy and her her pal, and she's trying to find somewhere on Earth the supposed last gateway to heaven, um, and just lots of adventures ensue. But what's fascinating to me is that I knew this book existed. I I had hadn't really ever had the energy to track down the issues, but um, like I said, the omnibus came out, and in the intro, uh, Rick wrote the intro, and it's a two-page intro, and I just have to to tip my cap to the guy because. Um, I don't think I've seen an honest, more open, forthright, like introspective, um, intro, you know, introspective view as to a creator ever. Like he, he, he spends the two pages 
very openly talking about his his growing up in a in a family where his mother was was his mother's family was a Mormon, but his father wasn't. Um, that his dad was a, a you know was had a drinking problem, and and he just talks with very open honesty about how um, growing up in this world was made him feel isolated and secure and. Uh, it, it made him have a lot of issues with authority that plagued him for most of his life and made him question faith and made him question his place in the world. And um, it took until he got married and had kids, which is actually just within the last few years to really start understanding what it was like to trust people. And it just was astoundingly open and honest. And I uh, I just got to tip my cap to him because that can't be easy. You know, um, and I mean, I would imagine in some way it was a cathartic thing for him to do. But but man, oh, man, I, I you know, I, I felt like I knew the guy. And uh, I mean, I knew he was a straight edge guy, and into the punk scene and stuff. But uh, but but he he lets it all out there, man. He he leaves it all to bear. So if you are what Remender was this fan, an introduction? Uh, the intro. I was talking about Remender's intro to Strange Girl, the Strange Girl omnibus. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so yeah, man. If 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 you're a fan of Rex, and you know you, my guess is most two R's fans probably haven't read Strange Girl. Um, Shame on them. Give give the give this a a, a, a read just because it's uh, a guy puts himself out there like that. It, it deserves uh, acknowledgement. So um, he's one of my favorite comic book creators. You and I are like mind. You just you just said what I just said. Um, so yeah, man. I, I just got to say, the dude, he he puts it out there. I put it this way. I uh, I feel like I'm a pretty open book, but I I, I don't know that I would have shared as much detail with the world as he did in that uh, in his omnibus about his own life. So so. Kudos. It's good stuff. It is, man. It's mad. And she's she's drawn increasingly hot as the uh, series goes on. Yeah. Well, it's you funny you say that because I, I haven't gotten through. I'm still in the Eric Nguyen uh, book, part of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's you know it's pretty cartoony, I guess you would say. Um, well, it's all basically loose. There's a looseness mm-hmm. to all of it, but yeah. You know, there, they, there's a guy that does some work in that book that I want to see him do more stuff, and that's Micah Farader. Uh, yeah, he's the guy that, uh, of all the people in the book, that I was least familiar with. So, um, it's he did uh, white picket fences for Ape Entertainment. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't see Micah do more work because I really like his style. But uh, uh, yeah, Eric Nguyen is the first. He's 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 listed as the co-creator with Rick, and then uh, and then Jerome Opeña is. Uh, this is when Eric, when Rick and Jerome first started working together. He does a few, just a few issues, not not many, uh, and then. There's a dude named Harper Jatton, which I don't know. Um, Nick Stockel, Micah Farader, uh, Andy Kuhn does some covers. Brett Blevins does some covers. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you know, Rick, Rick is one of those creators that you know I have utmost respect because he's not the kind of person that um, his career goes up the ladder and he doesn't step on people to get there he actually pulls people along with him and um you look at all the artists that have worked with him on a lot of his early stuff yeah that are working with him now Mm -hmm. and in a in a writer driven industry like it is right now you just have to assume that that he's a big reason that guys like Tony Moore and Jerome Opeña and you know go, go down the list of of artists that um, that worked with him uh, whenever he was doing stuff at uh, at Image and, and and Dark Horse and it, it's I I have utmost respect 
for for creators that that do that and and uh and Rick is is right at the top of that list. Mhm. Let me just, so just give you an example. So this this one paragraph kind of I think speaks to what I'm talking about here. This is Rick talking. Uh so he says uh he's talking about his own life and the rejection that he's dealt with or, or, or feelings of rejection he's had to deal with his entire life and then he says this rejection ironically continued with the book sales figures. It never found a wide enough audience to sustain itself. While the financial pain stung us all, I can see now for me it was the continuous sense of rejection that fucked me up the most. To be doing something so personal and unique with such gorgeous art and to put so much time and energy into it, only to have the sales continuously dwindle issue by issue is a terrible feeling. But we continue to move forward, a squad of friends and colleagues all working hard to no, for no money or next to it. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty honest stuff, man. You know, like that's, yeah. that's, not, that's not any sugarcoating, you know, the, the struggles you have with a book like this. So... Um, just props, man. That's just props. I remember man. having a conversation with him about Fear Agent, and he um, he came to a realization that he could do every interview on Newsarama and CBR and iFanboy, and he could make the rounds on every podcast. He was on Around Comics probably three or four times and, and was doing every he was doing CGS and and you know and iFanboy and every podcast that would have him on. He worked so hard in the promotion of Fear Agent that it was never ending. And and you know anyone that's listened to this show or or any other number of podcasts know how many people championed Fear Agent. And it reached a plateau sales-wise where it just wasn't going to move off of a number. And he came to a realization that no matter how hard you you pimp and and market something, there is a ceiling. On, on sales and a book like Fear Age is going to sell a maximum number of, of copies and you can't work any harder to move anymore and that's that's one of the great sadnesses that that I have about this uh, about the, the 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 industry at large is that you know there's a ceiling on stuff and it, it kind of flies in the face of if you work really hard then something can be a success you know what? There's a, there's only so many people that are going to read Stumptown. There are only so many people that are going to read Fear Agent, and I think that you know Rick really kind of learned that firsthand. And uh, the, man, the guy throws so many ideas out there, and is a pretty darn good writer. But you know, just kind of come to that realization that you know what it is, what it is, and there are only so many people that are gonna that are going to share an interest or have access to, to what you're making. So you know, kudos to him for, for doing the work that he's done. And, um, you know, I, I'm tickled pink that he's found the success that he had at Marvel. No doubt. You know, is, he, is he a different writer doing um, Kenny X-Force selling, you know, 80,000, 90,000 copies? Than he was uh, writing Fear Agent and selling eight thousand copies. No, he's not a different writer. And honestly, Fear Agent probably as good, if not better, than than he does, you know, over uh, his work at Marvel. But that's just the the nature of the beast. So, mm-hmm. Vincent, you have something short. You said, yeah. I was. I'll just do it for my inner travels. 
Oh, look at you oh. trying to wrap up. Why not? Oh. No, we still got time. But uh, I, I had Strange Girl Bound. I bought the series in, in singles. So oh, yeah. And, yeah, and um, it pretty much it comes close to my philosophy on uh, on religion. I think it's a great story, and Bethany's a, an amazing character. And you know, it, so far, I'm really he, enjoying it. I'll talk about it when I finish it. But yeah, well, he sets the tone from the first issue. You'll see as you go on, along about Bethany. She's she's intelligent. She's resourceful. She's compassionate. Um, very logical thinker, but she's left behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know, if that's the case, then I want to be left behind too. You know? I know, and uh, they, uh, yeah, that they, they, she's skinny dipping. That's an awesome. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and it, sometimes she's drawn so provocatively, you almost you're waiting for the nip slip. You know? Yes. And yes. It, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. All right, everybody. Let me see what the clock on the wall says, because you know how long. Le- eleven, eleven o'clock. That's right. So All right. It's one o'clock. So, it's one o'clock. So, it's one o'clock. Um, sorry. So if we're doing in your travels now, so that means so we're all. We've all talked about things we like, so we're not bringing up Valiant, right? Mm. <laughs> wow, you know, I like Carpenter. Wow. So you're the one. Well, no, obviously, apparently a couple wow, of people... second time that was been said tonight. Really did, uh, I thought it was fine. A couple of people on the forum did did, did like Harbinger number one. I did read EXO number two. I and EXO what was wrong with EXO number two was better than the first issue, but I don't know if that's saying a whole hell of a lot. I thought they were hmm. both. Um, my my issues you didn't, just, you just didn't, okay. You no, didn't see, like, all right. This is the, my my issue with Harbinger number one, and uh-huh. and this is and this is completely me. I have no problem with this. Maybe I'm just looking for reasons to 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 try to focus on other things that I, I want to read. But Pete Pete Stanchek is a dick, and that may have been unique in yeah. like 1993 when the first series came out. But now, if I'm not reading, and I'm not either, but if I want to read a book where, you know, the main character is a dick, I can read Red Hood and the Outlaws. I can read an issue of Thunderbolts. Oh, that's, that's, Man that's, is in it. I, I don't have to do with it. I, I'm just saying that. Why, why, can't, why, why can't you judge it as what it is as opposed to how it compares to. What it is, is it's, it's, it's a book featuring characters I really have no interest in, even though it's, I, I think it's pretty well drawn. I think, I think it's fascinating of it. Well, it's like we were talking about um, uh, the, the action 775. If you, if you read that, you know, it's like if you, if you possess a power, if you have an ability and that temptation to abuse that ability is there or for people to um, to hunt you for that ability I, that's a that's a pretty compelling story device and I thought Harbinger was, was pretty was pretty good at saying hey you know here's a guy that can push people and and affect emotionally if you were in this situation would you do anything differently would you would you make people like you if you really wanted them to i i thought it was really well done i and, and you know what i can't even remember harbinger from the first time around so i was reading it with new eyes had no i no recollection of these characters and cool. i certainly 
wasn't going to compare it to, to another Kyle. I mean, it was reading it on its own merits. So I thought it was I thought it was well done. No, no, no. Didn't read it. Didn't not my it. cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. But you know, it's no. I mean, I'm glad. I'm 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 glad the people that like it like it. I'm not. I'm I'm. I'm saying, I, I, it makes me no. Happy I'm friends see things that they like. Well, there you go. I mean, that, that that is what it is. It's it's. I I gave it a shot. And, and as I'm reading it, I'm like, I just, I'm, I'm not the audience. So I mean, that's cool. And I, obviously, there are people on the forum who are digging it. You're digging it. I'm not going no, to. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, and that's, and that's, cool. that, that's why I stick back so we can argue about that as well. <laughs> I, I start. I, I started the thread, you know, asking people why, if they read it and they enjoyed it, why, why, they, what am I missing? And. And you know you're not alone. So I mean, and that's that's cool. So if if it's like, just not I, my cup, then you know I like conflicted characters. You know, characters that that want to be good or are probably good, but are maybe more apt to have moments of weakness because I think that's real and it makes you ask yourself that question. It's like if you can read, if you have the power to read people's minds. But it's an invasion of their privacy. Wouldn't there be moments in your day-to-day life where you're like, eh, maybe just this once? You know, if it's uh, maybe going to give me an edge here, or you really want? Maybe it's you know, you know. I mean, we're all married, but um, you know, if you're not married, just you know, I wonder if I could, if I could just peek inside this girl's head and find out what she really thinks of me. You know, it, it's a horrible invasion of privacy. But broaching that question of would you do that, it, you know, I think more people than not would. And, and I I really like how Harbinger kind of uh, addressed that. And, you know, it's like, yeah, this is, this is, it's the hero. may not be the hero you, you want, but it's the hero you got. And <laughs> I, I I like that. I, I I think that's I think that's much more compelling than than the the absolute you know one hundred percent moral compass characters. I would be such a villain. Exactly. Oh, yeah, you would be. Oh, oh man, sure. I would run roughshod. Yeah. 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 It's true. That's the question. Just, that's no arguments there. No one. That's how I do. Hey, everybody. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get a whole bunch of heavily discounted stuff you heard about in the beginning of the episode. Go ahead, rewind. You can hear them again. Uh, delivered right to your door at the frequency that you determine. So there's no lose. It's all win. Win, 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 win at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Go get them. In your travels, I returned to the Hulk pool recently. Took another dip. Look at you. You can't stay away. I can't stay away from the Hulk. I just love the character. And I love the Red Hulk. Thunderbolt Ross, I think, is a great character. They're pretty pretty smart in doing this. Uh, written by Mr. Jeff Parker, right? Sure. Yes, sir. This is drawn by Carlo... P- I can never say that. P- P- Pagulian. Pagulian, yes. It's, it's the Haunted Hulk trilogy. Starts in Hulk 50, 51, and it, go- it culminates in 52... It's a pretty cool little story. Um, I guess at one time, I didn't know this because, like I said, I've been gone from the Hulk books. Hulk fought um, 
uh, Blackheart. Remember uh, Blackheart from Daredevil, I guess? Hulk threw down with Blackheart somewhere in a dark realm, and while he was there, something attached himself itself sorry to oh, him alien style it's it's more along the lines of a, a ghost or a specter uh latches on to the hulk and whom do you go to in the marvel universe if you're plagued by the ghosties the mosties dr strange <laughs> so dr strange helps uh, ross out with his problem and in doing so the hulk is uh kind of plagued by uh, be- people from his past uh, Glenn Talbot shows in, shows up in wow. here. Uh, abominations running around with a big old bullet hole in his forehead. The ghost of hot. these these characters, yeah, it is hot. Um, he runs into a group of repentant vampires called the Forgiven. No idea who these characters are. I guess maybe they're a product of the whole X Men versus Dracula thing. Could be. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, R- uh, Rizo Kodo. Or Rezo Kodo is yes. the leader of them? Yeah. Yes, yes, he, yep. And they are guarding this fountain into which the Hulk must plunge to help his little situation. And, uh, you know, they throw down. But the cool part, that the real hook for me was in the third chapter, he goes to Monster Metropolis. And, who <laughs> you know, uh, Morbius is there, uh, Jack Russell, the werewolf by night, Manphibian, uh, the living mummy. What's his yeah. name? Uh, Nakantu, the living mummy. And it, 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 there's, it's a nice little uh, wrapping up, up of a loose end that occurred a bunch of issues back to a, a very familiar character in the, in the Hulk mythology. It was, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's just no big shakes, right? But it's, for two ninety nine. it's fun comics. And really, what the hell more do you want, right? Uh, my one beef... They're self-cover, with the exception of uh, issue 50. I can't stand when they self-cover. It drives me absolutely crazy. You know, it's you, you, because the cover stock should not be the same weight as the interior stock. Yeah, you know, I'm okay with that more and more all the time. Uh, <laughs> they're the disposable periodicals. Um, Julian, Julian just went, hell's to the air. Maybe in your world they are, but if I pay three dollars for something, I want it to have a certain amount of durability, or I'm just going to yeah. wait for the damn trade. Vince, I hate yeah. to disappoint you, but that's the new that's the new standard. Really, it pretty yeah. much is. Yeah, they talk but, about but, it but, but, and, the, uh, yeah. the websites that Marvel's yeah. doing it as a cost cutting mechanism. So, so, so it's how much a, a, a self cover for everyone out there is that the interior paper is the same that they use the same. Um, paper for the cover as they do the interior sheets right self yeah. self cover it's it 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 just doesn't feel right it feels flimsy it feels wrong it feels fl- yeah but uh beautiful art i'm okay with self covers it's I don't buy single issues anymore anyway hardly occasionally yeah. um great uh fun entertaining story by jeff parker i mean it's 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 fun. What more can I say? It's like I said. It's not gonna really shake the foundations of the Marvel universe, but that's the good thing about it because you only have to read three issues, and you get a nice little story. Nice. I really like creator-owned comics, and I love the uh, the enthusiasm from a creator that um, comes up with something and believes in it so much that he puts it together and packages it. And, uh, edits it and writes it and directs it and 
self-publishes it and gets it out there. And uh, there's so much of that that comes across our email boxes and Twitter and Facebook that um, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm out there and a lot of great stuff that um, I miss a lot of it. But one that caught my eye in the last, uh, last few weeks is from Ian Brill, who uh, you may know from uh, Darkwing Duck. Uh, I think it's some of his uh, his his public stuff, but he is uh, currently doing uh, a comic self publishing a comic called Dracula World Order. Have any of you guys heard about this? No, no. I've seen some images. Yeah, but I, I, I like I said, I haven't read it. I think through just you know doing different press stuff, I ended up on an email. Uh, list and, uh, and this was sent out and got a preview of it and uh, and some of the names uh, that are involved with it definitely caught my eye. It's uh, it's Ian Brill uh, is the writer. He's the the creator of this and he has uh, gotten a pretty damn good uh, list of artists together to put this first issue together and they all uh, trade off art duties. There are I believe, four artists that uh, that do a few pages apiece in the uh, the first issue and uh, uh, including Tansi um, Zonchik, Zonchik. Mm-hmm. Uh, Declan Shalvey Nice! Uh, and a guy Gabriel Hardman <laughs> He's a hack. Uh, yeah, hack. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if Declan and, and Gabriel are involved in this, then I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. And uh, his uh, kind of a, a Bram Stoker meets the Legion of Monsters. Um, it's a uh, yeah, a very very cool uh, Dracula hunters story. Of uh, you know, kind of putting together uh, a group of vampire hunters and uh, uh, just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous artwork in this, as you would uh, expect with the uh, with the list of guys that that I read off. So, uh, where you can find out more, where you can uh, where you can uh, take a look at all of this is get ready. It is Dracula World Order dot. Tumblr.com and that's T U M B L R.com. So Dracula World Order.tumblr.com is the website, and you can uh, get uh, uh, previews and, uh, and find out where you can get a copy. Definitely talk to your, uh, your local comic shop about it. But yeah, it's really, really cool. Like, you know, we see so much stuff that it is just kind of ground out in the the monthly uh, the monthly grind of comics, and to see something with obviously a lot of heart and uh, and a lot of passion is uh, uh, it's definitely worth taking notes. Dracula World Order by Ian Brill and Company. Very cool. Uh, there were two things I tried to read before we started tonight um, so one I'll probably have for next week the one thing I did read uh, before that I can actually say give it a shot I had no idea what to expect Vince and I actually kind of touched on it very very briefly on the uh, road trip out to Chicago 
Um, I'm going to say go ahead and give Spider-Man number one a try. Spiderman. Yes, Paul Spiderman. Uh, it was... Um, I I didn't... Um, I've read very little Miles Morales as Spider-Man. I read the first couple issues. I do like it. It's just not something that I'm, I'm, I'm reading religiously. Um, and, and Bendis did write it, and it, it was weird because there's definitely a, a difference when Peter Parker is swinging through the city than, uh, than when Dan Slott is writing the character, but it still felt and looked like Spider-Man. Um, I'm not quite sure why, unless, and, and because I was kind of rushed before we, we recorded, I, I want to go back to it and, and take my time through the issue, but um, somehow, some way, uh, the Marvel Universe Spider-Man ends up in the Ultimate Universe and and uh, and meets Ultimate Spider-Man and um, and it was neat. Um, they, they they did that kind of um, that trick that that uh, Terry Moore does when when he's writing his his or, or putting out his books where the uh, the men and women the word balloons are slightly different here uh, in the Marvel Universe. Everything's in all caps, but when Spider-Man is in the Ultimate Universe, you have the uh, the the lowercase lettering when uh, when they're speaking. So that's that's kind of how you can tell where where we are. But um, I really didn't have. Uh, like I said I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what kind of big earth-shattering event was going to lead to these two characters meeting. But I really can't find anything to, to and Sarah Michelli's the art and, and it, it looks really good so and and uh, Jason's boy Jim Chug did the cover of the issue I'm reading oh yeah good stuff sweet dude you love your Spider-Man I do man I do you do yeah. that's your boo that's your boo yes, yes. Um, uh, keeping with the comicology <laughs> tip um, I also have a digital only recommendation for your ass Ooh. Uh, Tales of the Dark Knight by DC Comics, mm. written by Damon. Yes, I created Lo- Lost, and I'm so rich now. Lindelof. Fucked <laughs> <laughs> it up at the end. And that's all you're getting from me. Uh, oh, illustrated. He, 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 wrote, he wrote Prometheus too. He did, and yeah. it was he's getting flack for it as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Illustrated <laughs> and illustrated is what by I mean. none other than our buddy, Mr. Jeff Lemire. Yes. Oh, and cool. I gotta tell you, it is really, really neat to see Jeff draw Batman. Like, mm-hmm. it's really cool. So, for those that don't know, this is part of DC's new initiative to foster digital comics. Um, it's a new um, series of, of, of Batman one-shots that uh, are shorter in length. I don't know how many pages this was. I didn't count it, but it's not a full length. Okay. Yeah. But it's ni- it's 99 cents. And, uh, it's like I said, it's a, it's a one-and-done, self-contained there's some uh, cool ones coming up too. Yeah, I'm and but I really enjoyed about. this one thoroughly. Basically, it's uh, it's it's Batman, um, being challenged by his potentially greatest nemesis ever, and I'll leave it at that. But it's not who you think it is. Mitt so, Romney. Uh, what's that? Mitt Romney. <laughs> but no, it, it was super fun, man. And I, I like like Jeff, like I said, just you know his style drawing Batman and fighting fighting the villains is, was just awesome. There, there's a certain page where. Batman's uh, the Rogues Gallery, like is is standing all like in a gang, you know, ganged up and uh, and uh, I would like to procure that page, Jeff Paolo, if you're listening, 
talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just went to Caden's comic art. So, but yeah, like I said, ninety nine cents on Comicsology. It's it's well worth your 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 cash. Now this is Tales of the Dark Knight. What number one? Yeah, oh, that, not, that there's it's, no. It's not, it's not gothic. Hmm. Cool. Mm, it's not, not, no, that it's was the uh, Tales of the Dark Knight. Yeah, one. Legends of the Dark Knight. Yeah, Legends of the Dark Knight. Right. Yeah, of course. Cool stuff. Nope. This is just uh, this is a, you know DC's trying to do some some digital only books to uh, to incent people to check out the digital stuff. So neat. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Got a lot of stuff under the belt this time. We did good. All over yeah, the place. Yeah, we're. Nice. So thank you for being here, everybody. We'll be back next week, right? Same time. Sure. That's right. I need we'll be- to uh, get some goodwill to next week talking to y'all before I go to Vegas and sin. <laughs> sin is good, though. Go to if you're in the Chicago area. Go to Cake this weekend and go give some love to uh, Jeff Brown and uh, and Jim Rugg, among others. Uh, uh, Lucy Nicely, uh, Willie Carey, uh, Paul Horch. Horschmeyer, yeah. yeah, he'll be He's there. Great. Uh, uh, Andrew Nelson will be there. Nice. And if you have yeah. any samples of manhood whatsoever, you can meet me in Vegas next weekend. Samples of manhood. That's just cool. Wait, be, That'd be, be a cool book. Lit up, so. Semblance of manhood. I like yep. that. <sighs> I thought you said sample of manhood. I was like, what? Or you can be like Vince and have fun with Lassic. That's right. I'm <laughs> Kosher dill, baby. Oh, let's get out of here. That's, that's, that's David's name. Kosher dill. Kosher dill. Baby. Nope. That's it. See ya. Bye bye.